0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. All this time.
1: Me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. I'm flying solo today. Pastor Ken Kettler will be back next week. I'm excited about today's show. Second half of the show, we're talking to Jason Romano. He uh, just left ESPN after 16 years, and he's now going to be with Sports Spectrum, producer and host of a podcast on Sports Spectrum. But our first guest is joining us now. He is from Fox News. He's a chief national correspondent, and he's an author. Ed Henry, big baseball guy. Ed, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you bet. Uh, I don't know where you found time to to write a book the last couple of years in your business. You guys have been awfully busy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I tell you, I, I it sort of happened into this accidentally. I am a big baseball fan uh, and uh, a Yankees fan. Uh, no offense uh, uh, to your fine city, uh, and uh, we've had some good back and uh, back and forth uh, action, I suppose, over the years. You bet. Uh, and some some great baseball classics. And uh, and I know Bud Saylor real well, and he's a fan of the book. Uh, and it was an honor to, to, talk to him about it at spring training in Arizona a couple of weeks ago, but I found out about it accidentally, you know, 10 years ago, uh, I was at a dinner party in Washington and I was, as you say, focused on politics and covering the white house. Uh, and I was trying to duck out of a dinner party early, uh, because it was at the Belgium ambassador's house and strike one was he served pigeon. Uh, and growing <laughs> up in New York, I thought who's going to eat pigeon for dinner. You
1: know. Hey, not, and, I, I tell uh, you, not an Irish boy from Milwaukee. I know that.
2: Right. Exactly. And, you know, I'm sure an Irish boy from Milwaukee has no idea that there's a a, a fancy term squab uh, that describes what is a delicacy pigeon uh, in Belgium. So they call it squab. We call it pigeon. Strike two was I sliced it open. There's all these little bones in there. I said, Oh, man, this is nasty. And then strike three was a senator was there getting an award at the dinner and rather than a two or three minute thank you. We got a 20, 25-minute filibuster. And I said, you know what, I'm out of here. I turned to the woman next to me and I said, it's great to meet you. But it was October 2007, Red Sox-Rockies. So I'm going to go home and watch the World Series. She said, are you a baseball fan? I said, yeah. She said, my late father-in-law had a major role in baseball history, but the story's never been told. I know you as a broadcaster would have sat back down and a baseball coach. Uh, I sat back down as a journalist and said, what are you talking about? What is this untold story? And the bottom line is, uh, her late father-in-law was a minister in Brooklyn in 1945. Branch Ricky knocked on the door quietly, secretly. You know, left the Dodger office at uh, 215 Montague Street in Brooklyn Heights, uh, and wanted to see this pastor. Wanted to see this minister, and said, uh, you know, he, at first he didn't really say anything. Frankly, as, as I put the story together, she says that uh, before the pastor died, he told his wife about this story. You know, in the early 60s, long after Jackie. Robinson had had uh, played for the Dodgers. Uh, that uh, Ricky paced around for forty five minutes, not really saying anything, just saying that he was wrestling with a problem. The minister gave him some space, assuming that he had something to confess but couldn't spit it out, gave him his space. after forty five minutes of pacing and sighing and praying, Branch Ricky pounded his fist and cried, actually tears of joy, and said, uh, I'm going to sign Jackie Robinson in the first contract. It's the hardest decision of my life. I needed to be in your presence, he said to the minister. I needed to be in God's presence to make this momentous decision. And so when I heard that story, I, I, it gave me chills, you know, thinking about maybe there was a hidden hand of God in this decision, number one. Uh, and number two, it, it sort of sent me on a journey because, as you know, whether it's the movie 42 or all the many books about Jackie and Branch, it's mostly that, you know, Branch Ricky Nicknamed the Mahatma uh, for preaching and all the rest, larger-than-life character, was so religious and so dead certain that this was the right thing to do to integrate baseball, that he never really wavered. And I think the meeting with the minister shows that he was a human being. It doesn't make him less of a hero, but it shows that Grant Rickey didn't go into this willy-nilly. He weighed this. He he calculated. he, He thought about it carefully. Uh, and none of us are perfect. You know, It's it's just because you have a strong faith in God doesn't mean you always make the right decision or that you're always certain. Um, I think the fact that Brand Tricky was searching for answers with this minister, to me, makes him more of a hero.
1: I I agree with you. We're talking to Ed Henry. As we talk to Ed about his book, 42 Faith, the rest of the Jackie Robinson story, understand it's now available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. If you Google 42 Faith, Uh, You'll find a number of places that you can now pick this book up. And on this show, what we like to do is we like to talk to guys who have had some major influences in their life. And and reading parts of the book, if we can in the time we have, I'd love to focus um, on Jackie Robinson's mom, who had a huge impact on his faith, along with Reverend Carl Downs who Who reading through parts of the book, this this young minister, and African American yeah. minister, I think, possibly saved his life. Um, Jackie yeah. Robinson's life with, with some of the things that he did. And if we could focus a little bit on, on those two uh, in the uh, I book, I, I would love that. Um, Jackie's mom, who was really strong in her faith and did a lot yeah. for her children, making sure that that, that they understood, um, even though through the struggles they were going, that God had their back. And, and that comes really exactly. out well in the book.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I mean, the, the long story short there is that, Jackie's born basically to a broken home on a plantation in Georgia. Remember, this is around 1919, 1920. Um, and his father was a sharecropper but left home. Um, a single mom, Mallie Robinson, who you mentioned, very strong faith. She was a Methodist, by the way, a Methodist just like Brant Rickey's mom. Uh, and we can get to that in a moment because I think that's, that's the connective tissue of this book, 42 Faith. But Mallie Robinson was so brave. The thing about an African-American woman around 1920 leaving the deep south in Georgia to go to Pasadena, California with Jackie and four siblings on what they then called the colored uh, cars on the train, it had to be hot, it had to be dusty, it had to be dirty and grimy, Uh, and one of the most compelling facts that I found in my research was that Jackie's mother had just a few dollars sewn into her dress uh, just as like an emergency fund uh, for her and her five kids, going cross-country to Pasadena simply because she had a half-brother who said that California was halfway to heaven. I don't know if he meant that literally, spiritually, uh, in that sense, or just the, the balmy weather. Uh, but you're right. Uh, she was a major influence, his mom. And then you're right. Because of uh, the father leaving home, Jackie's raised by this single mom, be, uh, joins a gang out in Pasadena, faces a lot of discrimination in Pasadena. Uh, And Reverend Carl Downs his African-American minister at the Methodist Church out there. I visited that church as part of my research. I went to Jackie's boyhood home, Pepper Street, uh, in Pasadena. It's in the shadow of the Rose Bowl, you know, one of the celebrated American traditions. And yet he was treated horribly. Uh, It was horrific, uh, the discrimination he faced. And he joins this gang, and it was Carl Downs, the minister that you mentioned, who pulled him out of it. And and he was so dedicated to his faith, Jackie Robinson, that— Uh, On on Saturdays, he would start on the gridiron for the football team at UCLA and and says in his own memoirs that on Sunday morning he'd get up all battered and bruised, exhausted, not wanting to get out of bed. But he'd get out of bed on Sunday morning not just to attend church but to teach Sunday school because he had promised Carl Downs, the minister, he would do that. I think that shows the deep, deep faith that Jackie Robinson might not have worn it on his sleeve like Ricky did, but he was a man of deep faith.
1: Very deep. Again, we were talking to Ed Henry from Fox News he has written a book 42 faith the rest of the Jackie Robinson story and and for people that listen to this show we're all about sports and 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 people's faith and how their faith has affected their lives professionally and personally well this you know this book Tells you a story that I don't know if any of us ever knew about, and that's all about Jackie Robinson's faith. You know, it's interesting, um, Ed, you, you, when you talk to somebody from Wisconsin, we're always going to try to bring up Vince Lombardi or one of these Packer oh, yeah. greats, and and when you talk about um, Jackie Robinson and Branch Rickey, and, and Vince Lombardi said, "Your faith, your family, and the Green Bay Packers." Well, these two men, it was your faith and baseball and their family. So similar, there, there, the similarities between these two, outside of their faith and baseball, they couldn't be further apart, Jackie Robinson and right. Branch Rickey. But when you bring faith in and baseball, then two, two obviously extremely strong pillars in their life, these two guys had a lot of similarities with that.
2: They did. Branch Rickey, uh, in the early 1900s, tells his mother on this farm in Ohio uh, near the Kentucky border that he wants to go and become a major league ball player himself. His mother laughs it off and says, as a religious woman, uh, that uh, all baseball players do is drink al- alcohol and swear and, and and party. And says, you're not doing it. And undeterred, because remember, Brand he took on the entire baseball establishment, as we noted. Uh, he doesn't take no for an answer. Uh, comes back the next morning, sleeps on it, and tells his mom, okay, I got a deal. How about if you let me chase my dream to be a big league ball player? I'll never play on Sunday. And, you know, she actually bought it. Jackie uh, Brantrick, actually becomes a big league ball player who's a catcher. As you know, he doesn't last in the league long because he has a terrible throwing arm. He can't be a catcher if that's the case. And he had a light bat. Um, But I think also a major factor is that because he never went to the ballpark on Sunday and told all of his managers and owners of various big league teams, you know, that that had to be in his contract, they, they were saying, why were we paying you for seven days when you're working six? And it was one of the reasons he eventually got cut. Uh, but I tell you what, when he was a world-famous executive for the Brooklyn Dodgers, signing Jackie and having the boys of summer at his disposal, uh, Pee Wee Reese and Duke Snyder, if you're a baseball fan, you're going to love the stories that I have in there about baseball. But on the faith part, I interviewed uh, Branch Rickey's grandson, Branch Rickey third still involved in minor league baseball to this day. And he says that his grandfather— in the 40s, uh, after his parents had passed away, he could have just said, "Hey, look, I'm not—you know—I've already kept my promise to my mom," uh, and then gone to Ebbets Field on Sundays as an executive. Instead, he still would not step foot in the ballpark on Sunday. He'd p- stay home, play chess with his wife, uh, listen to Red Barber on the radio. I think that just shows uh, others, and you know, any of us might have just said, "Well, uh, I made that promise to my mom. Now it's a different time." Right? Uh, no. No, he respected his parents, and he respected their faith.
1: Again, Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com. If you just Google 42 Faith, the rest of the Jackie Robinson story, you'll find a place to buy this book. It uh, It's gotten great reviews. In fact, I'm going to read one line that I thought was outstanding. The readers oh. brought along with Ed to share a cup of coffee or joyous cigar with Jackie's closest colleagues, teammates, and family members, gaining insight into the community surrounding Robinson at this pivotal time. I I love that. Can I ask you, what did did you – I'm sure you learned a lot um, doing the research for this story. But being a big baseball fan the way that you are, was there any one or two things that happened during this journey that that you just said, wow, I, I never saw that coming?
2: Well, I mean, the book starts at an IHOP when you talk about that review about a cup of coffee with one of Jackie's teammates. Book starts at an IHOP in Anderson, Indiana, because as you probably know, that's where Carl Erskine, the great Brooklyn Dodgers pitcher, uh, still lives. 90 years old, sharp as a tack. His memories of Jackie from the dugout are amazing, and I was blown away by several of his stories. He also gives me a lot of new insight into that big game. If you're a baseball fan. Uh, October third, nineteen fifty-one. The shot heard around the world. You bet. Erskine was warming warming up in the bullpen with Ralph Branca, and the manager Chuck Dressen went with Branca oh. and not Erskine. <laughs> Why, <laughs> Erskine? I said, to Erskine, do you, do you ever wake up in the middle of the night thinking it could have been you and it might have ruined your life? And 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 he said, all, all the time. He still does. It's it's you know, nineteen fifty-one is seared into his memory as as a Dodger against the New York Giants, um, and uh, Erskine. Basically, was not brought into the game because in the bullpen, the bullpen coach told the manager that Erskine was bouncing his curveball, so they should go with Branca. And then, of course, Branca gives up the home run, so Erskine <laughs> tells me about other things. People ask me what my greatest pitch was. I say, it was that ball I threw in the dirt at the polo ground. Yeah, that's it awesome. He didn't have to go in.
1: That's <laughs> but, just awesome. You know,
2: made a point a minute ago, and let me just give you one big picture and then jump in, which is that. Um, You said, you know, about the deep faith that both men had. I mean, that's the biggest thing I learned on this journey, which is that there was, you were absolutely right. uh, You had a white man and a black man, uh, different regions. I mentioned Ohio and California, uh, different generations even. uh, They had almost nothing in common. But they were bound by baseball and a strong faith in God, and that's the message of my book.
1: Well, and when 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 there's three pillars on that, and it's your faith, your family, and and baseball, or the Green Bay Packers, the way Vince Lombardi talked about it, and two of those three pillars. You know, you can you can kind of say to to this man again, different uh, different generation, different race. Look, he, he, two out of the three we have in common. It it had to be. I don't know if their relationship was was really great all the way through, um, but certainly in the was. beginning, they were both betting on each other.
2: They were, and I tell you, I have a letter in the book, uh, a couple of letters that they exchanged uh, after they had both left the game that they loved so much. And I won't spoil it for you. you got to go check out 42 Faith. Another place you can find it is 42faithbook.com. We've got it all lined up, Barnes & Noble and Amazon, as you mentioned. Um, and these letters I quote from, back and forth between Jackie and Branch, uh, long after they had both retired, they had such deep affection and reverence for one another, real respect, um, despite their generational and racial differences. And frankly, uh, what I'm also astounded by in the book uh, when I researched it was, I went through Jackie Robinson's papers at the Library of Congress, and among the things I found were some sermons he gave in the 1960s. You may not be aware of, I think Ken Burns touched on this very well uh, in his recent documentary of about a year ago on PBS. He, He used some of this material, and I have some more, of some of the sermons that Jackie gave in churches around America after he retired. So throughout the 60s, there were race riots, of course, going on in the country. And you hear Jackie comparing himself to Job, uh, and I'll let him say it. you got to see it in the book. Sure. It's remarkable what he talks about, the abuse he faced, the difficulties he, he faced, and, and how he overcame it. But finally, he's talking in 1967 during that long, hot summer of all the race riots in Newark and Detroit and all these big cities in America, and saying, look, folks, this is not complicated. You've got to read the gospel. You've got to read the Bible. The answers are there. We have to treat each other with respect and love the golden rule, regardless of race. And here we are 50 years after that sermon uh, from 67 and 70 years after Jackie's first game, April 15, 1947. We're about to have that big anniversary. And Jackie's words are still true today. You know, the answers are actually in the Bible, and I'm not trying to proselytize and say, Sure, hey, you've got to go this way or that way. But Jackie himself, don't, you know? Don't, don't count on me. Listen to Jackie, who right. overcame all these difficulties. He says in this book, in these sermons, you know that that's the way he found it to move forward and overcome the adversity,
1: and that's why I think it's so powerful. He is Ed Henry, Fox News again, 42faithbook.com. Last question: Your favorite baseball player of all time? <laughs> I, I can tell you mine. It's it's Robin Yacht. That as a Milwaukee that's a, Brewer that's fan, a great one. yeah, Robin Yount. I loved watching him play.
2: Well, so your audience knows that I'm not just sucking up to him. Uh, when I went, met with Bud Selig recently, I was telling him that when I first found out about the Brewers in the 70s when I was a kid and they were facing the Yankees, and you had, I guess it was the 82 season with Harvey
1: Keene. Yeah, you bet.
2: Um, and it was not just, you know, I respected Molitor. Uh, and I mentioned to him, because I was a first baseman, Cecil Cooper. What a player Loved he was. Him. Yeah. Uh, great respect for him. And so, in your audience, I got to tell you, there, there's a lot of Brewers that I got great respect for. But as a Yankees fan, um, there's two, Derek Jeter first, and, and I'd say Mariano Rivera, because on this book tour, I actually got a chance to sit down with him, uh, <laughs> last weekend. And, um, look, he was the final one to wear number 42. Uh, and I'll tell you a quick story about faith. He's a man of, of deep faith. And I signed him a book and he said he was looking forward to reading it. A uh, greatest closer of all time. And he told this story about how he just basically said that everything he had in terms of um, his skills on the baseball field, he all owes to God. He just said, uh, I am a walking revelation. You know, I am lucky. Uh, everything that's happened to me is because of the grace of God. And he told this story about one day playing for the Yankees as a young pitcher, being a decent, you know, setup reliever. He's out in the outfield warming up. He throws, you know, the cutter, basically, that we all know ended up being his greatest pitch, maybe one of the greatest pitches uh, that anyone ever had in baseball history. And it started dancing around in all kinds of weird motions. And he says he actually sort of started praying to God, like, what happened? Something went wrong here. The ball's dancing too much. And then he goes to Mel Stonemeyer, who's the pitching coach at the time, and said, we've got to fix this. And so they actually went to the bullpen before the game and started trying to stop the ball <laughs> from moving like that. And he, the way he wound up the story, he said to me, you know, maybe half-jokingly, I'm so lucky that that God didn't listen to me in that case. I always pray. He said, I was praying to God, stop making the ball move like that. As it turned out, he says, God was showing me the way that I had this great gift from God, this pitch, this cutter that was dancing everywhere that hardly anybody could hit it. And I was trying to stop that movement. It turned out that movement. And maybe there's a lesson in there for all of us. Sometimes we think we know what we want and we know what's the right path for us. And then all of a sudden... We're led down another path, and in this case, Mariano got, was handed this unbelievable movement on the on the cutter, and uh, you just got to go with it.
1: You know what, Ed? Sometimes God says no. Sometimes yeah. He said, "You can pray." <laughs> hey, you know what? Take this. Day. Make sure this ball doesn't dance like that. And sometimes the answer is no. He is Ed Henry. Yeah. He's an it's author. <laughs> Hey, that's awesome. And thank you so much for your time. Great. I really appreciate it. Uh, good luck with this book. Uh, 42faithbook.com is where you pick it up. Uh, have a great week, Ed. You too. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, Jason Romano will join us. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, all this time. you covered me.
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM the fan. I'm fly, flying solo this week Pastor Ken Keltner will be back next week. We're now joined by Jason Romano. I'll tell you what, there are times that, you know you step out on faith and he is the former senior manager social media at ESPN. He's now a producer and host Sports Spectrum. He's a media consultant, a speaker and author and uh, you can follow him at Jason Romano. He is a husband, dad, host of Sports Spectrum podcast, speaker, social media consultant, church leader. Man, you are busy, young man. You are busy.
3: <laughs> just a little bit. Good to be on with you. How you
1: doing? Man, I'm doing good. You know, we had you on a couple of years ago when, you know, we had almost just started Faith in the Zone. I think we're coming up on not quite year three, but over two and a half years. And, and uh, you know, it, it was interesting because when we had you on the first time, it was like we're just trying to find our footing and not sure if this thing's going to work. And, and are we going to get people to listen to a, a faith-based show with people that are in and around the game of sport? And what we have found out, Jason, is yes, they do listen. And not only here in the city of Milwaukee, but um, people are – we got an email a couple of weeks ago from a men's group in Ohio who said look every saturday morning we go back to the following sunday show and we listen to it as a group and then we talk about what you guys talked about and so we've, we we are starting to reach some some people all over the country and i know that that's certainly what you what you're going to do with your podcast at sport on sports spectrum but let's talk a little bit about how life has been for you the last 2 years your family everybody's good
3: everybody's doing very well yeah it's obviously a lot of changes in terms of structure and in terms of the job and everything, but everybody's doing very well. Yes, thank
1: you. You bet. Hey, um, the, the decision to leave uh, ESPN—it's look, as you know, that was a job that there's about I don't know five million guys that in this country, five million women and men who thought that's the <laughs> the, the dream job. And sometimes, you know, our pride gets in the way a little bit. And we're like, yeah, this might be the dream job, and I'm never going to leave it. But you were able to figure out, okay, maybe it is time for me to um, to do something else, and maybe God's calling me in a different direction. Difficult to make that decision.
3: You know, it it, it was difficult, but it. I feel like, and I'm saying this now because hindsight's 2020. But when you when you feel like you're following God's call. I don't think it's a very difficult decision at all because you know it's coming from him but certainly to leave the confines of ESPN the, the comfort the you know the the benefits all the extra sort of stuff that comes with working at ESPN that's not easy to leave and that's why this process was not one where I just decided to take off and sure Okay, I'm done, ESPN, time to move on. No, this was a two-year process that culminated with a lot of prayer and a lot of um, seeking wise counsel from friends, from mentors, from people outside of the business in the faith world who I spoke to and talked to. And So this was a process that I definitely um, followed in making this decision. It wasn't something that was immediate. Uh, you know, or something that I, I kind of just made on a whim. You know, this was definitely something that I've worked towards for a couple years now without really knowing when it was going to happen. You know, it was a couple years ago where I kind of felt the call to leave and to pursue the call from God. But I also knew it wasn't wise to just leave a job and not have another one. Uh, it was really a lot of prayer, a lot of p- patiently pursuing God, and waiting for him to reveal when it was time to move. And it came in December with an offer and an opportunity, and that's when I made a decision.
1: Well, I'll tell you, Jason, your podcast can be very similar to what we do here on Faith in the Zone, and, and I've got a feeling that we're going to— We'll partner up on some of this, and and, uh, I know that your Rolodex is full, but if there's anybody that you see that we have on Faith in the Zone that would fit with what you guys are doing, I can just kind of tell people that are listening Sports Spectrum is an interview-driven podcast that features stories on the intersection of faith and sports. And what we say on Faith in the Zone is we want to talk to men that are willing to come on this show and talk about their faith and how it's affected their lives professionally and personally, and very similar, I think, to what what you're going to be doing um, on that podcast.
3: Yes, very similar. You know, the interview-driven uh, podcast, as you mentioned, is straight one-on-one interviews or one-on-two interviews. We, you know, I've, I'm doing the interviewing, which is a little different for me because. My career at ESPN and even before that in local radio was mostly as a producer, a behind-the-scenes person. I've done a lot of interviews, but not on air. They're mostly pre-interviews or, or you know, screening that type of thing with guests. But um, you know, the offer came and the opportunity came to host the podcast. To produce, I'm doing it all. I'm hosting it. I'm producing it. I'm editing it. I'm booking all the guests. So it's been a lot of fun and it's something I've really had a dream about doing for a couple of years now. It's something I wanted to be a part of for a while. I didn't know how or when it would come together, but this podcast is something that I'm very excited about, and we just finished um, our first episode a little while ago, and you know, it reached number 19 on iTunes, which was just mind-blowing to me that the awareness and the interest level existed uh, for it to even peak in the top 100 on iTunes, much less number 19. Um, So we were super excited about that. Uh, It was a great interview that we had with uh, uh, Miami Marlins pitcher Adam Conley and his team chaplain Chris Lane and the story of how in the death of Jose Fernandez um, when it happened on the Marlins last September, how God used Adam, his 26-year-old sort of first-year, second-year player, to stand up and, in essence, share the gospel of Jesus to his teammates in the, the clubhouse the morning after Fernandez had died. And it's just a powerful story to listen at, to Adam tell it. And uh, obviously it resonated with a lot of people because we had a, a tremendous amount of support from it, people listening, people um, tweeting and texting and emailing, saying how much they enjoyed it. So hopefully, just like your show, uh, our show you know, reaches an audience that is in desperate need of some inspiration, some encouragement, some hope. And um, that's, that's our goal, and to do that through the element and through the lens and the prism of sports is, is where we're headed to.
1: Find Jason on, on Twitter, at Jason Romano, R-O-M-A-N-O, and uh, trust me, there. there's once you uh, follow him there, you can uh, you can get to the podcast. If you need that, it's itunes.apple.com and uh, Go Sports Spectrum Podcast. I would highly recommend uh, taking a listen to that. If you like Faith in the Zone, uh, th- this show, you're going to love uh, what Jason is doing on that podcast. And there will be times that we'll have uh, similar guests. And, and again, anything that we can do to help. Jason and and what he's doing. I love the fact that you know there are enough. There's men that and women that will get up on the mountaintop, Jason, and talk about this. Can you imagine um, being that player, being Adam, having to go into that locker room the next day? I I will. When we get done here today, I will go on that podcast and listen to that story. That had to be a very difficult thing for that young man to do.
3: It was, and uh, you know, I taped the interview with him and Chris in Orlando in December uh, at a conference we were at and you know it took they they weren't even planning on doing any type of interviews at this conference that I was at with them and we were having breakfast uh, one morning Uh, I was having breakfast and Chris happens to sit down Chris Lane he's the Marlins team chaplain and Chris sits down with me and we just start talking and I asked him a question I said listen you're the Marlins team chaplain what was that moment like when you know you find out that you're Best pitcher is dead. He's not here anymore, and you know he's telling me the stories about what that was like. And he shares with me a little bit about Adam's testimony, Adam Conley, the pitcher, and where Adam came from. And when he did that, I just asked him, "I'm like, Would you guys consider doing this for an interview for a podcast?" And Chris was all in, but we had to get Adam, to, Adam's buy-in because it's a very personal story. Yes. And Adam bought in and, um, you know, said, yes, if I can encourage and help another person, you know, um, and make the name of Jesus known, let's do it. And so we taped the interview. Uh, it went about an hour almost. We had to cut it down a little bit, about 45 minutes. And, uh, you know, it wasn't an ideal setting. You know, we we took the interview wherever we could get it. And it was in a hall where there was other people playing some games and talking. And so there's a little bit of background noise. But Man, the interview, I think, was so powerful that it it just you can cut through all the other noise literally to to hear what they have to say, and it was powerful. It really was. It it moved me to a point where I just could not have imagined being in Adam's shoes in that moment and having was, in essence, courage, I think, to stand up and tell people if you don't believe in Jesus, you are in some big trouble, and Jesus is the only way and he said that to people like Barry Bonds, who was his hitting coach, and Don Mattingly, who was his manager, and all of his other teammates in that locker room and in that clubhouse. Wow. And to hear that from this kid who had been with the team less than a year, had just come back from an injury, it's really powerful. So I, I commend Adam, and I'm so glad. We haven't been able to connect you know, in the last week or so, but I, I would love to just tell him thank you because it's his story, and that's really the goal of... Your your show, the goal of our show and the podcast is to share people's stories of inspiration that point people back to the cross, and that's exactly what Adam did.
1: He is uh, Jason Romano. Again, uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Jason Romano. If you need to contact him, it's Jason Romano, the number 22. One word, Romano 22 at gmail.com, and he will uh, yep. respond back. We uh, need to get you a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with Jason. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Covered me
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. Again, flying solo this this week. Pastor Ken Keltner will be back next week. We are joined by Jason Romano. He's a former senior manager of social media at ESPN. He's now the producer, the host of Sports Spectrum. And it's a podcast that I would highly recommend uh, you find. You can go to uh, iTunes.Apple.com, go to Sports Spectrum Podcast. If you follow him on Twitter, the easiest way is uh, follow him on Twitter, at Jason Romano, and uh, there's a number of ways then to click on that podcast. Hey, Jason, uh, during the break, we were talking a little bit about this, and I uh, would love to, to, to ask you more about it. How difficult was it for you to to, uh, to walk worthy uh, while you were working at ESPN? It, was that a difficult building for you, for you to be able to um, be, be really open about your faith?
3: Yeah, it's a good question, Mike. I don't think it was difficult, but I certainly wasn't walking around with a big cross on my shirt and a Bible in my hand telling people that they needed to repent. Right. You know, that wasn't my... I was hired at ESPN to be a producer, to be a a social media strategist, to be a senior manager. So I had to do that job. And I could, you know, sort of represent Christ in the best way possible by doing the best job I could at ESPN. So that's kind of how I approached it. Um, It wasn't difficult. I think as the years went on, I understood that, uh, you know, I became less intimidated or worried about what people thought about my faith. I became more grounded in my faith, more comfortable in sharing my faith. And certainly social media changed the game too because you know, most of my friends, a lot of my friends on social media or people who followed my Twitter handle or whatever, were people I worked with or people that were interested in the side of ESPN, Jason, not of Christian, Jason. And but it allowed me to share my faith on these social media platforms. I never got one brush back from anybody at ESPN. And I've always been open about my faith on social media pages. I've always shared Bible verses and, um, you know, encourage people with, you know, prayers and things like that. I've always been open about my faith there. So bringing it into the workplace wasn't difficult because people, especially in the social media age, they knew where I was coming from in the first place, but I, I needed to be real, too. I needed to be a human being to these people. And then the key, Mike, in all of this was just relationships, building relationships with people. And that's where opportunities to talk about what God has done in your life come from. I mean, the, First Peter says, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is in you, 1 Peter 3. So I always was prepared if somebody wanted to ask me about my faith, but I was never, and I will never, force that or shove that in anyone's face. That's just not who I am. I don't believe that's what Jesus wanted us to do when he called us to be Christians. He did call us to go and preach the gospel, to go and make disciples. That's a great commission. But I think Jesus did this in the same way that I just described. Like, I think it's about relationships. Yep. And as you build relationships, it's how he built the relationships with the 12 disciples Man, that's when you can tell people about the hope, about I, the
1: reason, about the light. That's what it is. I could not agree with you more, Jason. I, I can't. This, you know, for for me, I've 35 years now. I've been coaching high school basketball, and um, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a high school basketball coach, we always talk about. Look, if 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 you're going to be that that guy that's going to reach some of these kids, you have to be very consistent. And if you say you're going to call that young man at seven o'clock to talk about playing time, don't call him at six fifty-five, and surely don't call him at seven fifteen. You call him at seven yep. o'clock. And what happens during that basketball season, as as these young men that are fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, they watch you. They watch you from across the gym. They watch how you, you know, what kind of language you use at practice. They watch all of that. And if and if you're talking about your faith to them and they see that you're consistent and you've now built that relationship with them, now the door's open for you to have that conversation with them.
3: Completely agree. And that's really what it's about. It's about being genuine, being real, be transparent, and be consistent. And when you're doing that, you know, you can't be best friends with everybody, but you can have relationships with a lot of people. And I think in doing that, as long as you are who you say you are and you, you're, you know, your word is your bond and, and you stand for what you stand for, people will buy into that and believe and, and, and want to open themselves up to you. And then conversations happen. And again, First Peter, we have to be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in us. What has Christ done for us? What has God done for us? It's not as much about what you need to, you need to have done to you It's about what God has done in me, and through that, they might say or be interested in like, okay, how do I get that? And then you have the opportunity to talk. But it's about—it's the simplest thing in the world, but it's the one we miss the most. It's about relationships.
1: Yeah, I agree. We're going to get to a break. Uh, Before we do, I have to read this, and this was off Jason's uh, Facebook page. When he told um, his friends on Facebook that he was he was leaving ESPN, and there was a couple of, of of sentences that really jumped off the page at me, and and this is one of them. Now as I begin the third quarter of my life, I want to tell a different story—a story of redemption, a story of hope, and a story of faith. The time has come to begin the new chapter, and that, for me, uh, tells it all. And and I certainly have a tremendous amount of respect for you, Jason, for for doing what you're doing. Um, Rick Warren quote right after that, faith always means risk, and uh, perfect Mm -hmm. timing for for that quote. We're going to get to a break. The other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation. He's Jason Romano. Again, follow him on Twitter, Jason, at jason romano if you need to contact him it's jason romano 22 at gmail.com this is faith in the zone on sports radio 1057 fm the fan
0: back to faith in the zone a journey on how people in sports walk in faith faith in the zone is brought to you by bunzel's old-fashioned meat market Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 1057FM, the Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me
1: uh, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057FM The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern again, flying solo this week. Pastor Ken Keltner will be back next week. We've been talking with Jason Romano. He is a former senior manager of social media at ESPN. He's now the producer and host, Sports Spectrum. You can go to itunes.apple.com, go to Sports Spectrum Podcast. Doing a great job with that. That first show I can't wait to go listen to. There's a couple other things that he's doing, and we'll get to that this segment. But I want to talk to you, if we can, Jason, about uh, you had the chance. You <laughs> talked about this chance to go speak at uh, Saddleback. What was that like for you?
3: Yeah, uh, I got to tell you, Mike, that was an honor. Um, I was humbled. I was actually a little overwhelmed when I first got the invite because it happened just a couple days after I left ESPN in uh, mid-February. And when they called, I, I almost laughed at him. I said, are you Really, me? Like your Saddleback Church, You're reborn, right. purpose driven life, and you're calling me? And they said, Your story is powerful, man. We want to have you come out and share it. So I did. And I talked to about 800 men, 700 men that were there. The experience was tremendous. It was the largest um, audience that I had spoken to in this form of my story uh, ever. You know, I have large audiences at ESPN, but this is. This is me talking about me to, right. and talking about God to a group of men. But it was really inspiring. Uh, you know, I, I shared the story of how I got to ESPN. I shared the story of, you know, the moment somewhere in 2010 where uh, my faith really took on a different meaning in the workplace. And then I kind of shared some practical tips about how to be a Christian in the workplace, how to walk that walk of faith and, you know, sort of toe that line in the business world, in the corporate world. And, you know, the reception was great. I really enjoyed it. And I think this is something I'd like to do more of is, you know, share with men in churches, but really with all audiences, because I think women struggle with this too, is just sharing your faith in the workplace. What does that look like? How difficult is that? And, you know, and how can I as a person of faith be a witness to my friends, to my family, to my peers without, you know, getting in trouble or, You know, pushing them away. So it's been a real joy to do this. um, And I'm just so grateful. And it's definitely something I want to pursue more of.
1: You know, you can, I I watched a clip um, on Jason's Facebook page, Jason Romano22. Uh, Jason Romano, the number 22, is his uh, official Facebook page, and there's a clip of of him speaking at Saddleback uh, Church. I would highly recommend uh, taking a look at that. If you're a church, a business here in, in the Milwaukee area, uh, if you're listening this anywhere in the country and you have some interest in in talking to Jason about coming out to speak to your men's group or to speak to your church— or if you own a company and, and you want to talk to him about coming out and speaking to your company uh, the best way to get a hold of him is through his email and that's Jason Romano the number 22 at gmail.com or certainly if you follow him on Twitter it's at Jason Romano. Jason do you, do you see that the speaking and maybe some consulting work um, is is the avenue that that the Lord may have you going down in, in this whole venture?
3: Yeah, Mike, I do. I think, you know, between the Sports Spectrum podcast and their brand and working on their, you know, um, just kind of building up their brand on their website and all that, that's been great. And that's kind of my wheelhouse of the sort of day-to-day work that I did at ESPN for many years. And this podcast has, again, been awesome to do. But the speaking and consulting is something that I never really thought about until maybe three, four years ago. And, you know, I've worked at ESPN for 17 years. I worked in broadcasting for 20 years. I've been a social media strategist at ESPN for the last five years of my career. And I thought, why not? Why not take what I've learned and try to help others with it and try to show them ways that they can, you know, tell their story better uh, through the, the world of social and digital media? You know, it's a the digital age that we live in in 2017. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who may not have a. A keen eye on how to do social media well, and have a strategy in place to help them. So that's something that I've definitely wanted to to do. And the speaking thing has been something that I really had no desire to do. Uh, I never really spoke in front of a crowd about my own life until three years ago, um, but it's really grown, you know, at God's God's pace, which is what I wanted to grow at, not my pace. And you know, opportunities have come. I've spoken at a, a churches and in schools and conferences. Um, You know, I've spoken in in businesses and, you know, they're not all the same story, you know, but they all point back to the same person, which is God, but they aren't all the same story. You certainly cater your your message to the different people that you're speaking to, but it is something that I do want to do more of. And I do appreciate you, you know, mentioning my email. You know, my website is another place, jasonromano22.com. You can see um, some speaking testimonials on there from people that I've, and places that I've spoken to. So, yeah, I mean, if that's an opportunity to help someone and to point them back to the Lord in whatever facet that I can provide, that's what I want to do.
1: You know, I'm, I, I continue to give your email address, and, and there's a, there's a second reason I do that. Um, you, every Monday— you, you send out, and, and I don't know how early you get up, but I get it around 6 a.m., but every Monday um, you send an encouragement, and it's four or five or six, uh, you know, paragraphs maybe. It's really good stuff, by the way, and if for people that want to get that, uh, Romano 22 at gmail.com. If they drop you an email and say, hey, could you add me to that list, they can be part of getting that encouragement uh, each and every Monday, Correct.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, that's something I just started right as I was leaving ESPN. And, you know, it's I don't get up at 5 in the morning and write an email, just to be clear, Mike. I, I scheduled it from the night before, usually, but... It I'm a, Jason. I'm a, I'm
1: I'm an old guy. I didn't even know you could do that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh yeah,
3: you can, <laughs> Thank the Lord you can do that because I don't know if I could wake up at 5 a.m. But it's definitely that's been something that you know it doesn't take me a ton of time to write and you know but people need encouragement and I think a great way to have that is you know you open up your email on a Monday morning and you're kind of like oh here we go got to start the week again at work and there's hopefully something in there that can provide encouragement or inspiration. Or just something that they can take away, a nugget, a note, a quote, whatever it is that they can kind of keep with them throughout the day, throughout the week. And uh, it's been great. We you know we almost have a thousand people on the list right now. I'd love for that list to grow and grow, uh, and just have as many people see, um how great our God is that's really what it's about
1: that's awesome you know all the information you need jason uh, dot 22com is his website you can get his email address there you can get his twitter account you can get the podcast uh, this is a this is a man that is doing really good work and i'm going to ask you as as friends of mine and my my audience to go to jasonramano22.com, and, and let's uh, let's support him in the things that he is doing. Jason, it's been great. Good luck. I, I'm sure that we'll speak in the future.
3: Mike, I'd love to come back on anytime. Thank you so much for having me.
1: You got it. He is Jason Romano. Uh, thanks a lot. This has been Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace?